0: All right, welcome to the first episode of Closing Time and Opening Bands. It's This is a podcast where a group of friends who spend way too much time listening to live music, see live music, get together and pick a record every episode to talk about. Think of it like your mom's book club, but, better. but with alcoholic beverages and hillbilly music.
1: Not always hillbilly music. Well, not well, always
0: does... hillbilly music. So our first episode... <laughs> <The>
1: monitored, monitored,
0: <laughs> cut music. off. So It's going to
1: be a bunch of different music that we pick a different record of, or every episode of when we come in and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like.
2: And know. I think, too, a little bit of how we think that band is influential or how, you know, the potential that they do have to make a change within the scene. Yeah, yep.
0: and then we're all big Red Dirt Americana fans, whatever that means, we don't really know.
2: We like some black dirt, too, because that's what we have here in the Midwest, Nick. Don't sure. you forget about it. Yeah, and Nick. that red clay stray from, you know, those Alabamans.
1: Yeah. The red clay. Yeah. Music. Okay. Nick. Nicholas.
0: <laughs> Our first record is Burn, Flicker, and Die by American Aquarium, a rock and roll country band from Raleigh, North Carolina. Our podcast name actually comes from this record, Closing Time and Opening Bands. comes from a line from one of American Aquarium's songs. Just like... BJ and company stole their name from a Wilco song. Mm-hmm. So...
2: Quiz time. What album was that? Anybody?
0: What album did they steal Anybody? the name from? It was Yankee yeah. Hotel Foxtrot.
2: Well, look at you go. What song?
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to break your heart.
2: Na na. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, you got it. Yeah, don't, don't try to test me. Okay. So Burn, Flicker, and Die is what I would probably consider the... <laughs>
2: More Nick has to do with Danny and I. He lives with me every day, oh, so this is not anything
1: out of the ordinary.
0: <laughs> I would consider this the defining record of American Aquarium's career. Um, BJ Barham, the lead singer, is very open about this record took place at a time when the band was on the verge of breaking up. He was trying to figure out whether he was going to get what most people would consider a real job or continue with live music. This record hit. It hit big. They subsequently opened for some really substantial bands in the scene. Got a Huge following in Texas, kind of broke into what's considered the Red Dirt country scene and the Texas country scene down there, and that opened a lot of doors for them. And now I would probably say they're one of the biggest bands in Red Dirt and Americana. This is a very personal album. Most of BJ's music is very personal, and I think it's got some of their best live music. There's their best live songs. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the last time that we really heard this version of American Aquarium. They're very raw. They're very rough. They're very unpolished Mm -hmm. on this record. Yeah. And they actually teamed up with probably one of the biggest names in this scene, Jason Isbell, who produced this record. His wife, Amanda Shires, plays on it. There's a lot of drive by truckers influence on here a lot of lucero influence on this record and you can really hear it in the songwriting in the in the music itself this is one of my favorite records of all time when we picked this one first i knew i was gonna have a lot to talk about because i discovered it in my 20s and this is a 20s record for sure late nights stumbling through the streets way too much time in bars definitely what i would consider sad bastard music which is what I liked when I was when I found this record. So,
1: can we before we fully go on? Did you ever see what they looked like at that point? That was only
2: four minutes long. Oh, they had like the haircut and everything.
1: I mean, can we talk about yeah the style?
2: Of the mop head. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The mop head, totally yep. crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you just look that up for the first time? Yeah, I never knew that. Oh, was it's looking. totally
0: that whole alt country thing. He was definitely yeah. going for the alt country yeah, thing. Yeah, I did back know then. that. Yeah. Not
1: gonna lie, really. Okay, I also only found this music when I started dating him, so... That's fine, let's... I'm still new to this, too. I had no idea, so that's
0: fine. He had a lot less tattoos, too.
1: Yeah, looks like it. I'm just saying that hairstyle... Not that a hairstyle fan. would not
2: rope you in? No.
1: What?
2: It's
0: Sorry, a hairstyle B- of a heavy drinker.
1: Sorry, BJ. Yeah, what did he... I like your style now. Looks better. BJ's style now? Yeah. What do, you th- what do you think about
2: BJ's stash?
1: You know, Nick had a stash for a long time, and then when he got rid of it, I got really upset, and I said, go put it back.
0: (laughs) I say, God (laughs) bless America. Well, there you have
2: it, folks. If you want to be the lead singer of a band, and be one of those bands Danny likes, grow that stash. All
0: right, why don't we get into this record here? So again, this is Burn, Flicker, and Die by American Aquarium. Uh, It opens up with Cape Fear River, which is... BJ is very much of his region in North Carolina, and this song is of that area that he grew up in, and um, it's about getting trapped. You can really hear the kind of, I think you can hear the Springsteen influence on this, the early Springsteen and the, mm-hmm. the down on your luck, and yep. nobody gets out, everybody stays, you're flipping burgers at the local burger burger joint, everything's about diapers and DirecTV. This record does not start off on a very positive note.
2: <laughs> but that, I feel like, is one of those things that BJ has Kept pretty consistent, right? He always says, sad songs make me happy. And he's got to dive right in and dagger to the heart immediately with this song.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's a rocker, though.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that is really interesting about American Aquarium is they have these very well-written lyrics that could easily be masked by the amazing music that's rocking around it. And then you're like, wait a minute, this isn't a happy song. This song is one that like, yes, it's going straight for the gut punch, but you can be distracted sometimes by the music. And then when you really listen, you're like, wow. And then it hits even harder when everything is kind of coming all together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this record is very of its time, too. Like, the Truckers were real big. The whole Steady was real big. Like, these kind of regional rock bands that were singing about where they came from and mixing big rock sounds with these personal lyrics and storytelling. And I, I feel like this record in particular is kind of on that tail end of that heyday of those bands because you have the Hold Steady and the Truckers that are just at the top of their game at this point and BJ and American Aquarium are are still trying to kind of find themselves even though ultimately this, this record is not what American Aquarium sounds like now or sounds like on subsequent records like this is the last record where American Aquarium sounds like the piss and vinegar band that they were as a bunch of college kids getting together and playing music That's
2: true, but I do feel like all of the songs on this album that they play live do end up still really connecting with all of the fans, and they do kind of fit in seamlessly, which is one of those things where I feel like it would be surprising, or I should say it always surprises me the way that some of their shows are paced because they can bring the pace down, they can bring the pace up, they can kind of mix it all between all of their different albums and still hold their captive audience with that one.
0: I think these songs mean so much to so many people because this is where they found American Aquarium. I I think collectively, probably as a fan base, if you polled them, most people found Burn, Flicker, and Die. Because that's when they kind of started to hit their stride. And, I mean, you can feel the tension on it. We're having a conversation before we started recording about how you can hear outside influences and recordings of records and you can hear it in this record isbell's fingerprints are all over it but isbell's not really a producer so it's really rough at the same time and this band's really rough (laughs) i think that's all kind of captured in that first track now we'll move on to the second track saint mary's which is one of my favorite all-time american aquarium songs that they don't really play that much live. I was
2: going to say, I was trying to think of, I feel like they don't necessarily always pull that one back and I always wish that they would. It's definitely one of my favorites too.
0: Like American Aquarium isn't known for having like party songs. This is a party song. Yeah. Like this Mm -hmm. is a good time at the bar with your friends in a small town. Yep. Hanging out. Party song. I mean, this is... Right, right. This is being 21. I mean, these lines like, a Pearl Snapped's poet with bad tattoos. Like, it's so cheesy and awesome at the same time. But
2: I feel like it also, like, everybody knows what that person looks like yeah. in each of their hometowns. And I think... You know, that is what's so great about BJ's writing is he can always find a way to connect with the people that are listening to his music, but he does it in such an elegant way that it does still sit down you you still have to sit down and think about it but then you're like oh my gosh yeah I can totally see that person with the pearl snaps and it's the-
0: so plain spoken and he's almost making fun of himself like that's the best part of it that's like, per- true. I, I'm just a pearl snap poet with bad tattoos like he's he's looking at like the absurdity of the fact that he's gonna record these songs and people are gonna listen to him
2: well, he's hoping that people are going to listen to him. Yeah. Right at this point, we don't know.
0: And again, this has one of the coolest choruses of all time. Are you
2: going to sing a little bit of it? No, because I
0: can't sing. Where American girls drink yep. Mexican beers and city boys sing small town hymns. Again, like for me at the time that I found this <laughs> coming from yeah. the suburbs yep. and going to school in the middle of nowhere in Western Illinois. And I would go and hang out with all these ag guys that came from actual small towns. And here I am, this suburban kid.
2: From Chicago. From
0: yeah, from the suburbs of Chicago. And then I'm there hanging out with these guys that like actually grew up on farms and stuff. And we're going out to these these bars out in the middle of nowhere. Like I, I reckon I recognize that like I felt that made sense to me, like almost like I was a poser hanging out with these guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, that just captured it. And and it brings back kind of the, the Cape Fear River theme that keeps going where in Cape Fear River, he's trying he doesn't want to get trapped, but he's running. And then when you get to St. Mary's now, these are the people that didn't leave. Uh-huh. they're still here you know these landlocked mm-hmm. nights down at slims at your neighborhood bar that you go to all the time you see the same guys there you see the same people that you went to high school with right. went to college with whatever yeah. like
1: so you mean like the nights we always go to Domito's. the, the like nights we that we go to our same. local bar yeah it's it's the
0: same <laughs> yeah. i mean even now it resonates now and again these are themes that you feel in your 20s but you also feel them in your 30s and your 40s you're gonna feel them your whole life right mm-hmm. and it, it's still very resonant i think this is one of american aquariums best choruses yep it's so good like this is one of the ones that I go back to time and time again when I'm not just listening to the record all the way through I St. Mary's is is a standout of what really made me like American Aquarium yeah and then now we're gonna move on to probably one of the sadder songs on the record um lonely ain't easy no it's not
1: i think this is one of the songs that actually i know it sounds weird but got me more hooked on yeah. them just because part of me like understood it more yeah kind of deal yeah uh, and you I'm could sure connect with everyone it. Uh-huh. connects with it but yeah i think this is one of the one of the actual songs that truly got me hooked on them
2: that's interesting i love after that.
1: you know he got me into the scene but it's right just like
2: yeah well, I love that, you know, BJ mentions like lonely and easy, lonely ain't kind, like, and then lonely is a good baby. friend of mine. Like yeah. I know it too well, but I think it's interesting because usually wouldn't, you wouldn't pair the words lonely and friend together because usually when you think of friends, you think of being together. You're not lonely. You're in good company, but unfortunately sometimes, but you ain't. know, lonely too well and that is one of your good friends.
1: But it's It's one of those things, like, to me, it's like you had that bad breakup, but then for a while, you know, you really do feel lonely and that does become your friend for Mm -hmm. a short time because sometimes you just got to feel your
2: feels, right?
1: Yeah. Sometimes you just get stuck and, you know, we've all been stuck in that rut and
2: yeah, life happens and yep, that's definitely one of those songs that you could put on repeat if you just need, you know, one of those songs to just to wreck you just a little bit.
0: You know, <laughs> this is one of those songs that like when you come back late after one too many and you're kind of feeling a little bummed out that you just keep playing. Yeah, <laughs> this is 3 a.m. Yeah. music. But <laughs> 3
1: a.m. I'm I'm so sad. I have like nothing to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But again, it's such a big song. It's yeah. huge. That chorus is huge. It built, it's right big. It's like 70s stadium rock. It's like Springsteen. It's like Camp. It's so big. And the fiddle and the pedal steel on this song are awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, to me, the lyrics are great. The chorus is great. But really what drives this one home is the fiddle and the pedal steel. It is just so, this is such a great song. And it's so good. Again, it's so good live. Yep. Like that that intro kicks in live and you know what's coming. And (laughs) like you can feel the crowd getting excited for it.
1: Feel that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The intensity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, they have two songs in this album that does it. Oh, completely. Yeah. This one and you guys know my other fave.
0: And, and it's funny too because like, you look around and it's such a sad fucking song, but then you look around and everybody's got big smiles on their faces oh, because right. they're ready to sing that big, awesome chorus. And I think this is when American Aquarium really starts to harness that big chorus mm-hmm. is what makes them such a great live band. And again, we're going to go back to this time and time again as we go through the songs on this record. These guys are one of the best live bands to oh
2: without a doubt in
0: in the world i i had listened to american aquarium for years and i always liked them and then i saw them live and they became one of my favorite bands of all time and it took one show and it probably took half the set into that first show with bj coming out and just doing his whole big badass rock star thing (laughs) and i was just like holy shit these guys are amazing
2: you know, and the whole band looks like they're having a good time Absolutely. the entire time. Absolutely. And honestly, I mean, I'm commenting, you know, on the current members of the band. They are all so talented. But when you look at all of them again, they look like they're having so much fun. But to them, it's like another day at the office. Yeah. You know, none of them look strained. None of them look like they're trying to remember Absolutely. what what, you know, note is coming next. They're all just working in sync with each other, and you can just feel the energy between all of them. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that makes this the. This- you know the live shows so of American Aquarium. So. Yeah,
0: and and we you know we talked we touched on it a little bit before. Like obviously the the lineup has changed. the the band the lineup that played on this record is no longer American Aquarium with the exception of BJ. Mm-hmm. Yep. After Wolves, some of the guys decided that they were gonna you know move on, and BJ wanted to keep doing things, and he kept the name instead of changing band names or doing a solo thing. Yep. He kept the American Aquarium name, changed the musicians. The sound has changed. The sentiments still there the sound has changed a little bit so when you when you go and see them live it's it's not these hometown boys that made this record but you still, because BJ is so genuine, and yeah. because he's he's poured so much of his heart and soul into this. I think, this. yeah,
2: because he's so passionate, you yeah. can't help but feel the passion, not only when you're at a show, but also whenever you're listening to any of his records. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, Lonely and Easy is amazing, and there's I don't think we can really say anything else about it. But Yeah. So we'll move on to the next one, Abe Lincoln. This is actually a cover. Uh-huh. Um, a lot yes, of people don't know that. It's a cover it's by, by a band called The Backsliders. Surprise. It's a fun song. I mean, this is... This is a this is one of those like kind of alt country country rock and roll things like uh-huh. it obviously doesn't have the the lyricism of of Bj and that's not a knock on it because it's a cover and kind of just
2: right I, you is know.
0: it just exists it fits in the middle of the record. But I'm not going to go back to it time and time again.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that one.
0: I mean, it's a drinking song. It's an out-in-the-town type of song. Like, it's got that fun reference to brand-new Cadillac in it. Um, That's kind of about it. I mean, I really don't have a lot of notes on this one. I don't...
2: Yeah, I I mean, same here. It it
0: definitely fits where it is. Like, in the pacing of the record, it makes sense where it's at. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you kind of have... Kind of a mid-tempo song in Cape Fear River, a little bit of a rocker in St. Mary's. It slows down. It picks up again. And then we slide into Jacksonville, which is very slow and just Mm -hmm. a straight ballad. So I think where it sits in the record as far as pacing goes, it works. But again, I mean, it's not when you look at the the whole body of work, I don't wish it was gone, but I'm not going to go back and listen to it on its own.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think they really play it live, do
0: they? I haven't never heard heard him play this live, live. but I also haven't seen American Aquarium. When I started seeing American Aquarium live, they were not playing a lot of the older stuff. They were playing like from Wolves forward, pretty much, except for the standards.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: So I'm sure there's probably some people out there from the like back in the OG days that have probably seen this live a million times, but yeah, I me personally, I haven't. So. The next song is um, is Jacksonville. This, this, again, kind of ties in. There is an overbearing, kind of almost crushing theme in this record of what I call the quarter life crisis when you're in your 20s yep. and you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck am I going to do? Yep. And BJ and company are definitely feeling it on here. This is a slow song. It's got some killer pedal steel on it, but not in the traditional sense of George Jones or Hank or any of these like classic honky tonk records. This gives me very, very, very hard drive by trucker vibes. This is that new wave of Southern songwriters that are dark and brooding and angry And, and kind of sad. feeling like down
2: on life. Yes. And needing a weight like again, those lyrics, if I make it out alive, yeah.
0: And and That's- again, I don't think we can we can get, get through talking about American Aquarium with talking about the fact that BJ's very open about the fact that he had a substance abuse issue. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very evident on this record. And he even says it live. Like when we saw him in doing the acoustic thing, he says that it, it, it's cool if you can go have a couple drinks or you can go and smoke some weed or whatever. He's like, but I can't. Because yeah. if I have that one drink, then I'm doing cocaine in the bathroom till four in the morning with some guy named Randy. Mm-hmm. And yep. I mean th- that's
1: a line that he has in here. You know, the powder picks me up and the post put me down. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, I mean, th- this the substance abuse on here is is up front, and it's not. When I first heard this record, I thought it was kind of cliched. Like he's trying. I thought he was trying to not knowing B J. Barham in American Aquarium. I thought he was just trying to write about the rock and roll lifestyle.
2: Right. And I feel like a lot of people do write about this yeah. rock and roll lifestyle. And it really makes you wonder, you know, you hope that all of these people yeah. whose music that you're listening to are not going through this, you know, wild ride of emotions, these highs of, you know, performing and living out, trying to live out their dream. But also those extreme lows where they end up, you know, falling off the wagon or, you know, re- repeating in this same kind of destructive behavior and right? i think it kind of but it's beca- a hard cycle to break
0: and it becomes a cliche in country music and rock and roll specifically because you get guys like hank williams that kind of have this mythological god-like aura about them and it's it's almost like people aspire to be that dysfunctional artist,
2: right? And
0: we all like to listen to that stuff. Yeah, we all like to read about these people. We all like to watch movies about these people, but we don't really realize that like people actually live that. And I think that's one of the cool things about this scene, about the Red Dirt Americana scene, especially with us because of the amount of live music that we go to. We've we've met these people. We've talked to them. It's not like we're buddies with them. They're not coming over to our house and like having beers with us. But right, like you have a conversation. With, I mean. BJ has made a point in interviews. And again, like before I really saw him live and actually experienced it, like I heard that he would say, like, I will stand at the merch booth and shake hands with every person that wants and to shake hands with And he
2: still does. And he
0: fucking does. I mean, when we saw him live, he did that. He stood there. And it wasn't just take your photo, sign your record and move on. He had a conversation with you. He remembered meeting you from the last time. Right. So like these artists specifically for us like we know who they are and BJ's so open about talking about the time that this record was written he was not in a good place and you hear it all over the record and as the record progresses it gets worse yeah. it's almost like he's diving more and more into this like self-hating self-destructive I mean it gets bad and this is this is where it really starts to get bad. Like Lonely and Easy and bad, but this so- like this song it sounds like a fucking bad night. Like Lonely and Easy yeah. still has the big chorus. It still sounds it cool. It still and is like you it's can sing along.
2: Again it has that American aquarium almost like you're listening to the to the music because all the musicians yeah. are amazing and then you listen to the lyrics and you're like wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Lonely and Easy picks up It kind of sounds happy if you're listening to it and you're kind of zoned out and then you kind of regain consciousness and listen to those words and you realize what
1: you're actually listening to. Um, But with that, how many times that when you are lonely, you think about it internally, you're really upset. But on the outside, you make it seem very okay, and you're, oh, I'm great. You know, I'm here. Right. Right. I'm here. Yeah, it's like that, it's the perfect it's representation. The yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and this kind of plays in like how you're saying that it, you kind of start seeing this follow through. And even in the next song, you start to see a lot more of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. and, and I mean, like you listen like this. This is a song about addiction. Like I'm, if, if I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics and, and one of the first lines, well, it's hard to stay inside when the bar calls your name. This is this is a song about somebody who can't stay home. So they go to a bar to just be around people, to abuse booze. Yeah, I mean, this is a song about alcoholism. Yep. And it doesn't glorify it, right? Like, we we go back to St. Mary's. It's about partying in the bars. It's about drinking with your buddies. It's about getting fucked up and having fun to forget the troubles. And this is, your troubles have now become booze. And then, again, we go into the, this is a band that's on the verge of self-destruction. This is a, a group of musicians who don't know if this is what they're gonna do. And you have... And I keep living the lie that rock and roll is alive and that things are going to change. So BJ and the boys in American Aquarium have now gotten to the point in their careers where they feel like they can't do this anymore. This is not a feasible means to survive. Yeah. It was fun when we were in our 20s and we were a bunch of guys that were getting together and trying to score chicks and play rock and roll songs. And now it's gotten to the point where we don't know if we can keep doing this. And again, if there is a theme in this in particular record and BJ continues it in other songs after this, like Losing Side of 25, say, yep. like it becomes, and as he progresses, it becomes less and less about this. I mean, I spent the better part of my early 20s Medicaid and always running from the man that my mama wanted me to be. Like, and again, like when you cbj live and he tells these stories and everything's so autobiographical it's so sad to like hear this song now in the context of where american aquarium is yeah and i think there's so many bands that feel this but it, it's also not just if you're in a touring band or in a working band you feel this in your 20s too i know i personally went through it in my 20s i didn't know what the fuck i was going to do with my life i was living at home working for 12 dollars an hour i had a degree what is this degree worth it's fucking pointless what am i going to do so i think i think it translates and again like i'm going to keep going back to me personally when i found this record I connected with it, not because I was a touring musician, but because I was kind of having that quarter life crisis. Right. And I think a lot of people do. I don't I don't know anymore, but it's just, and again, like if I make it out alive, I'll call, you know, I will. Like he's almost like borderline suicidal. I mean, this, this is probably one of the, this is a dark record and this is probably one of the darkest songs on the record.
2: I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. I think we should move on to the next song. All right,
0: so now we have "Harmless Sparks," which kind of really picks up where on uh, a lot of the themes we were talking about. This is when you start to get a lot of reoccurring themes, and again, th- I think this is a really cohesive record. Uh huh. Um,
2: I think it was very well thought out the yes. order of the song, and and we you know we know just from the way that Bj works, you know, he's constantly writing songs, and whether that song ends up on the next album or not, or he puts it in his back pocket. I, I feel as though he really does a nice job of kind of handpicking and placing all these songs together. Absolutely.
0: And yeah, and just to kind of preface some of the other songs, like when you're starting to hit Jacksonville, Harmless Sparks, Burn, Flicker, Die, and then Casualties, these are all, this isn't really in the traditional sense of concept at record, but when you listen to these four songs, these are the heart and soul of this album, I think.
2: And they're right in the middle.
0: And they're yeah, they're right right in the middle. I mean, he kind of warms you up, gets you in with those those kind of rockers, and then he hits you with Jacksonville, and then it's kind of all downhill from there, (laughs) in a good (laughs) way. Yeah, in in a good American Aquarium sense.
2: That's what we love about American Aquarium. Yep. You know, they're they're one of those bands. Sad songs make you happy, and you're lying if you say that they don't.
0: So, like sonically, the thing I really like about this song. Is I think this is the most Isbellish song on the record. The slide guitar on here, I don't know if Isbell played it, but it sounds like early solo Isbell mm-hmm. and Drive By Truckers era Isbell with this this kind of brooding sound, and then with that that slide guitar again. This is that working band theme. They're stuck in first gear. Is is the, what I have written down in my notes, like being stuck in first gear. You really can get that sense that. BJ feels like we've kind of hit our peak. Yep, yep. And what's ironic about it is they hit their peak right after. <laughs> I would say I would say that this is their peak, and then they become a whole different band That's and move true. forward. Like it's in the iteration of this version of American Aquarium, they've hit their peak, and then they just keep going. But I mean, this is a helpless song. It's they feel like they're lost. I I think it captures everything that Jacksonville is trying to capture. But
2: in a but different better. way, yeah. I think it does it
0: better. Yeah. This is a better song, yeah. This is a better composed song, in my opinion. And again, it's such in typical BJ fashion. He sets you up. It just keeps getting better. And now you have burn, flicker, and die. And now we get <laughs> into probably one of the best moments in a live American Aquarium show. Yep. In a, in a live show, period. The way the drums hit in this. This opening is just fucking badass. <laughs> like when you hear this live, when you hear when you hear those... You
2: could just can't help but like yeah. either headbang or just like pump your fists and jump around. Like no, nobody can stand. You can't stand still. You can't help
1: screaming. It's tension. That's true. Like the song. That's true. Like it's, there's tension. So many it's tension. It's tension. It's
0: angst. It's not a punk song, but it has that punk energy. It does. Like it, it's got this like just... It's so good and the, a lot of it is repetition like when you listen to the song there's not it doesn't really tell a story right but like that course, it's not burn, in that flicker typical die, burn flicker and die burn flicker and die
2: but i think that that's also what the song is about right but, you just keep the doing thing. the same monotonous mm-hmm. thing and over, you do and it over, over and over and over, over again.
1: again and then it's that one part where you said it's night like these where it doesn't work you know it, and it's then going over it goes out you do that's the same it. thing all over we drink like do drugs we sleep we do it all over again.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And then also it, it I, doesn't work. I, it's I mean, a never wow. ending
1: cycle Your body
2: until is so used to that's it. on
0: a tour, yeah.
2: Finally it ends, yeah.
0: And then also like this has probably one of the best opening verses in music in my opinion. Dollar really? bill prescriptions in a bathroom stall, redheaded women in alcohol. Say it ain't so, say it ain't last call, a whiskey on the rocks an Adderall. and a whiskey Adderall. on the rocks. And again, like whiskey this is live. Rocks. It's it's amazing and if you've never been to an American aquarium show, like this this is, is the song This is the song that sums up of American Aquarium with the oh, exception absolutely. of maybe I, I hope you breaks your heart."
1: yeah, yeah um I mean there's like you have those few, yeah. songs that you're just like losing to losing side of 25. yeah losing side at 25 one one of 25 is a good you can't help.
0: But this is a rock song. Like this is a fucking banger.
1: This is the one where everyone. Yes. Everyone in that crowd. That's true. Is everyone singing you. this. Yeah. If you've seen them before, you're like, I need to know that song, and I'm gonna be. Your arm is in the air. You're, like, yeah. You're just. You know what? It's, it's going one of those songs. It. Yeah, you're right. And I think I mean
2: I love American Aquarium, and I'm a nerd, and usually before I go see a show, I do my quote unquote research, as people say. Because when I go to a show, I like to know, obviously, the big songs, but also I can kind of pick out my favorites that I can enjoy while I'm there. And Burn Flicker and I would be one of those that if I was at the show and I had no idea what was going on and I didn't know the words, I would definitely be very jealous of all the people around me. Yeah. in the fact that I didn't know the words and I couldn't participate, you know, and the only way that I would be able to is just to like kind of dance around, which, you know, is just as lovely. Well... Almost as lovely, but But I think part of it is
1: screaming those words and feeling that really strong passion. So that was like my thing of when we had gone to Zero. like, first of all, didn't know a single person that we were going to go see. I was just like, cool. Never been to Key West. That was what I was going for. We're gonna go to the beach. Cool. Uh, yeah. Apparently, you know, thought that was apparently beach. there's We're at the music, beach, but there
0: was music at the beach. Yeah, but
1: yeah, but that was the yeah. thing. Like I didn't, I didn't know that going into mile zero, like about this whole thing. But and like how, I saw people singing this, and, and people like, get obsessed
2: at that festival. Oh, uh, well, what a family we have there. I mean, that's a whole another podcast right, so for another day. Just but, a, a
0: little shout out to if you're a fan of any this music and you haven't been to mile zero fest i know it's expensive but spend the fucking money and go
1: it's the best week of your life that's all i gotta say continue with
0: how uh, mile zero fest changed your musical life
1: i mean yeah i mean this is one of those things of like seeing people's faces and seeing like you said the intensity you you see that i can still picture some people you know singing this like in the from the crowd
0: like view and i'm
1: just like holy shit like this is what I was missing. All right,
0: and and BJ, but like I
1: needed to know this song though. Like when I left, I was like, I I need to. know You need this. to know it for the next time so that you're prepared. Yeah, one
2: hundred percent. I mean, this is one of those songs um, I always secretly record my family and I when we're at a show and we're all <gasps> oh enjoying my god the dancing. Music. Yes, just <laughs> yes. dancing, rocking out. Maybe some uh, you know some air instruments. You know. Um, and this is always one of those songs that I have to be prepared with my camera for because I know that you know, not only is my family going to put on a show, but everyone else around me, and uh, it's always a really good time.
0: And this is this is one of BJ's most intense moments live too. Like I mean, this is one of those you where he's pounded his, his chest. Oh and yeah, he is, it, it is. It's visceral. It's it is. like I, like I'm getting amped up just like thinking about. Well, and it's this one of those
1: I can hear the song in my head, and I just want to like get up and just, you know,
0: like, and, break
2: something. I don't know what it is. And 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 on
0: the studio recording, Arr. like, when he gets to the refrain at the end where he's repeating it, we burn too long, we flicker and die, we burn too long, we flicker and die, and the music almost kind of falls apart it, around the lyrics, and it's just him, just, like, this guttural again like this kind of right it's block. like his
1: last dying breath of
0: yeah like
2: we burn exactly. too long we flicker and die and it's like well it, and it's one yeah. of those
1: like okay like i know it's kind of like the whole thing burn and flicker like a candle like you hear it like you have the candle illuminates and as it's going out it's slowly yeah losing the the light so like it gets very dim and it's just like and we're done you know like and that's kind of, it
2: and i feel like too, you know, the last little bit as he's repeating those words, burn, flicker, and die, it does get a little bit quicker, right? Because as you're getting closer and closer to the end of that candle, yeah. it seems like it's burning faster and faster and faster and then all of a sudden gone.
0: I, I mean, th- this really is like, I, I, I could go through because I'm a lyrics guy and, and you guys, if you continue to listen to this or we continue to do this time and time again, I'm gonna I'm going to lock in on turns of phrases. I love words. I mean, it really paints a picture and that's gonna come in with the next couple songs too like we get to the one verse where he says every girl in that bar looks like 1965 with her sailor tattoos and her drawn out eyes every now and then she still crosses my mind and by every now and then i mean most of the time by every now and then i mean mean, all all of the time time. like everything uh, about that verse
2: good i feel like we could point out a million different lyrics
0: i we could do a podcast on this song (laughs) We could do an episode on this oh, song. Oh, completely! This like,
1: and the next one.
0: Like, like this is like this is one of the quintessential American Aquarium songs. Like, I mean, if if, if you were going to try to show aliens what American Aquarium was, I think <laughs> you'd give them this song. Could
2: you imagine that?
0: Yeah, I, be mean, like...
2: I would imagine that they would still be jumping around just like us. Yeah, you know,
0: they're they're yeah. like I don't know what sailor tattoos are, but that sounds fucking cool. Yeah, and and, and again, like you know, Bj. <sighs> Like bJB in the American traditional tattoo guy that he is, like he he puts that bit of himself in there. It's so cool, and we could go forever on this, but then now we're gonna get into casualties, which is <gasps> we're gonna fanboy even uh, more like, amp up just, on this
2: song every single time how it starts off so so I have to cut you off because this is one of my favorite American Aquarium songs. go honestly,
1: well, I've been I driving mean, the bus, you go. Let's just put it or the second uh, line in the lyrics: "Some trucker hats and old hotel keys." Sorry, right there, totally reminds me of Mile Zero. Like you go to a hotel. (laughs) I got a cracked windshield. (laughs) You got some
2: in a inappropriate
1: trucker hats. I got a cracked windshield
0: and Mardi Gras beads, some trucker hats and old hotel keys. We got a dash full of trash and other band CDs. I got a cracked windshield and Mardi Gras beads. You can see that fucking van. You're in the front seat of that fucking van.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: This is like he's at I'm this thinking point,
1: at this point, like it's one of those, you know, late nineties, early like two thousands that like, like angsty the, like
0: a like a, I, I picture like a work van with like seats put in the back of it.
2: Oh, you're thinking yeah. of like, the, like an Astro the, way van. the van looks? Yeah, the, the old Astro like an old the Astro van, yes.
1: And yeah. yeah. had like the, the so couches in the, there, yeah. And the captain's seat. Like you so can
0: mm-hmm. I, you could almost like that opening line, you can almost smell that fucking van. It smells like dirty fucking weed, stale beer. And a bunch of smelly dudes.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we all want to smell that. I don't yeah. know.
0: If you, I I'll skip want to the smell smelly
2: it. dudes part, but I yeah. see where you're coming from. But
0: <laughs> like, and this is, I think this is where BJ's songwriting really starts to shine. He's not just a songwriter at this point. He is like a novelist painting this picture. And again, yeah. we go into this, we're going from Jacksonville, the harmless sparks, the burn flicker and idle casualties. This is the meat and potatoes of this record. This is what this records about this is the concept of this record and this is also where the name of the podcast comes from closing times and opening bands Mm -hmm. yep but like everything every verse every chorus is just so good and it sums up all these feelings so plain spoken i mean
2: right i you know i feel like it starts off and you know, the whole song, the beginning of the song is very slow. And he's like you said, Nick, he's kind of creating and and painting this picture of, again, this broken down fan, these people who are maybe down on their luck a little bit. Um, then the song, the whole vibe switches yes. super quickly. Yes. Um, and one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite songs is, you know, you can feel the crowd when they play this song live. Everyone's kind of singing along, kind of slowly vibing. And then as soon as he says, I'm just a casualty of rock and roll, yeah. everybody jumps with BJ. Drops
0: out and it goes to time.
2: Right, right. He turns yes. around, he stomps his foot, and everybody is ready to go mm-hmm. again. Yeah.
0: This, this also has a, a, another, probably my second favorite, Turn a phrase on this record next to uh, Pearl Snap Bad Tattoos. Yeah, another Midnight Muse in cowboy boots with X's on her hands. (laughs) Again, it paints that picture of that girl who's not twenty one yet because they got to put the X's on her hands. Yep, but she's there in the crowd and he locks eyes with him. And again, it just gets that that touring band, that rock and roll, that like kind of. I mean, this is almost like this is almost like. 80s hair metal excess yeah. in, the, in the content of it but they're a touring band playing college dive bars like that's what's so cool about it but again it's, it's such a big song and it's so fucking sad at the same time like as it progresses right. you're like this is not about how cool rock and roll is
2: except but I feel like at the same time though even though it's talking about how like like it's not cool to be a part of rock and roll but he's willing to be a casualty of it because mm-hmm. he's so committed yes. and he's so passionate about his music and sharing his story that like, you know, there's a line that says, I should have been a doctor or a lawyer or a policeman on patrol instead I'm I'm a casualty of rock and roll, you know, and he's chosen this lifestyle. Yeah. And again, as we've talked about, you know, with this album, this one was kind of a make or break. Yeah. And it's like, was he gonna continue to be this casualty and then kind of rise above, or was he? again, this career going to
1: kind of burn, flicker, and die out.
0: And and again, this is kind of a precursor to Losing Side at 25. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just... I, but
1: but it goes back to being like that sad song at the end where he says, tell my mama and my daddy that I tried, tell all my friends and family goodbye. And then you go into, you're just a casualty of rock and roll again later at, like in a few lines. But it's like, I feel like he's going back to... You know, you build all this up, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, no. I don't know what's going to happen because if I continue right. down this road, there's a possibility that, that, that it, it isn't going to go all right. It's not going to go right, and I really am a casualty of rock and roll, and you're going to follow down the rock and roll yeah. you right. know, lifestyle, and we know what happens. Right, yeah. You know, well, like, And there's the line in the song where he says,
2: I gave my heart to the highway, and she returned it full of holes. I mean...
0: I and if that I,
2: doesn't say what you just said, Danny. All summed up into one sentence. Yeah, well,
0: and the other one I personally like is I used to be a decent man. Then life I used to be a decent man. Then life just took its toll. And that to go back to, you don't have to be a touring musician to understand that. Yeah, that I mean, we all have gone through things in our lives that have shaped us into maybe not the best person in the world, and. We try to be the best person, but sometimes life just gets in the way. And I think that me personally, I connect with that song on that line because I don't know what it's like to be in a van oh. with a bunch of dudes and smelly weed, and stale beer, <laughs> with Mardi Gras beads and trucker hats and other band CDs. I don't, don't, don't? know what that is. Wait, no, I no, have. You know
1: what trucker hats? Uh, yeah,
0: but there's just too many of them. But they're not in a van. Going down the road where people are paying money to see me. I I mean, but I would pay for that. Just see me with my trucker hats? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm just
1: saying, we did wear our trucker hats that one Mm, night and some people did approve. Yeah, that's true. Just kidding.
0: So, so, casualties is definitely one of the biggest moments of this record to refocus the ladies here. I mean, it's, it's one of the best, one of the best live. Moments in American Aquarium's catalogs. I think it's one of the strongest, most straightforward, alt-country kind of driven songs here. And then we're going to go from that into Savannah Almost Killed Me. I personally really enjoy. Sammy, on the other hand, does not care for this song. So I'd like to pass the mic over to her so she can explain why she doesn't like this song putting me on blast over here i'm not putting you on blast there's songs (laughs) that i don't like there's there's another song you like that i don't like
2: you know i mean for me i don't know i just personally i feel like this song just doesn't have quite as much passion as, as i'm used to hearing from you know all of the other songs on the record that's why And I think that, you know, Nick, what we have been talking about is the part about it that you enjoy is the fact that it is a little bit different. And it's, you know, creating this picture and this story about, you know, these two people that are having a late night and they're kind of gallivanting around the town and, and the musicality of it kind of signifies that, I would say, or personifies that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, um, one, maybe I kind of like this song because I really think Savannah is like one of the coolest cities on the face of the planet. So when I hear Savannah almost killed (laughs) me, I can picture that one, he's a touring musician who uses a city's name to identify a girl, which kind of shows, ties into that theme of being a touring musician. and. Like, that's not the most flattering thing, but for some reason, Savannah stood out to him. And so this song to me, I picture, and I have no idea if this is where BJ was coming from when he wrote this song, but I picture that he had some interaction with a girl after a show and they went out, were boozing in Savannah. And the only way he identifies this girl because he's in all these different cities with all these different people, he meets all these people, all these women, whatever, is it's Savannah almost killed me because he goes out boozing. And I think that that The song's kind of goofy. Yeah. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but that kind of feels like a drunken night of bar hopping, going from bar to bar.
1: But if you look back at it, He's saying that like if this is the whole thing, the girl is not supposed to be in that bar. She doesn't dress like she's almost too good for the dive bar. She you right. know saying that she has diamonds on her knuckles. Well, that's and, that's you know, that's that line
0: I like. She was a Betty Davis do- double with diamonds on her knuckles.
1: And but then it, like they keep going on about you know <laughs> why are you laughing? At me?
0: The chair's broken, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, it just needs to be re glued.
1: <laughs> so I broke the chair. Bum, bum. Just the back our bit.
0: house is old and our chairs are older so no it's fine it's because i'm fidgety. when you hear creaking it's not because we're farting it's just
1: the <laughs> house our house is like a hundred years yeah, old it's a million years old um it's but it's just though. you know he goes into this a bar and place for a girl like you then he talks about how they were walking you know through the night stuff like that and it's just one of those like i think it goes back to and it plays on the i feel like the Georgia on my mind because he makes yes. the at the end I, yes and it's one of those of like me I like that song I love so. that no I
0: love the Ray Charles reference and then
1: and it's just one of those it goes back to that tell Georgia I'm leaving you know tell her she's always on my mind so it just it plays back to that song a little bit so it's one of those like yes. a girl that whole maybe it's playing off of the Georgia on My Mind yeah. song essentially, and it he just put his own little twist.
0: And, and American Aquarium is such a southern band. Like everything about them is so southern, not necessarily always in in their sound, like sonically, but like in BJ's writing, like coming from North Carolina, like he's a he's a very southern writer, and I love. I love the imagery of the South, and again, like Savannah to me, maybe this Savannah
2: is, is beautiful. It's
0: such a cool city, and it kind of it's like when I think of a Southern city, like that's it, it's kind of Savannah, and 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 again, like it's a fun song, especially after you you have these you have these like crushing songs of like Jacksonville, Harmless Sparks, Burn Flicker and Die, Casualties is a rocker, but it's a crushing song, and then you get to Savannah, almost killed me, and it's fun. So now we're getting back to like fun and again like sam you were talking about the pacing bj knows he gets you for these four songs like now you're like oh my god this is really depressing record but at that and point i like, am ready to get now crushed. we're having fun so I, I think the pacing's perfect it's a good time drinking song i think it's cool i hear this song i can picture two people in their 20s like drunkenly running through the squares of savannah Mm -hmm. running down river street like just having fun so that's why i like it it's not one of his greatest songs of all time but again where it's placed in the album when you look at this work as a whole i think it, it just hits at the perfect time and then we go into northern lights i'm gonna go ahead and preface both these last two songs with saying that If this record ended with Savannah Almost Killed Me, I would have been okay with it.
2: See, you know, I disagree. I think that it's nice to have this song Northern Lights in there, right? Because there are, you know, many references throughout history, throughout other songs, things like that, that talk about lights that are like guiding you home or providing you with some type of wisdom. And I think that after... Listening to this album, and after you know living through some of the beatdowns that are in this album, kind of providing that that shining light—that's something to follow in the end—is kind of like a little spark. It's like that last little glimmering bit of hope, like, and that's why I enjoy this song cool. and and the placement of it.
1: I do like this song. I mean. Not to go off of mine and his relationship, but there was a time in our relationship for a good three to four years. I feel like this one made it a little personal because it was like our schedules were very much, we were passing ships you guys are like on the, the time. opposite
2: schedules yeah. yeah and
1: it was just one of those like you know i used to joke that i had a roommate that lived in my bed just yeah. because <laughs> it feels
0: like it's so i mean yeah. I,
1: I joked about it because it really felt like that but it, when i look at the song i'm like you just think in your head like don't give up on me be like i know that we don't see each other and like we don't at the end of the night i like you guide me back
2: like, right. you know exactly. like this is what
1: that like to me this made it a little bit more personal i never really heard this song before you know i right. was listening to all of this like whole really? album because
0: you're yeah. not as much of the nerd as you we yes
1: 100 percent. that's fine um <laughs> so it was just those i am like oh okay well like it, it, it kind of just hit me a little not like it hit like i'm like oh my god i'm gonna cry but like right it just hit like the feels are there because it's like oh you know like Like am I ready
2: to give up or like is this other person gonna give up on me
1: well and I'm sure at like some point you've thought about that like is this really gonna work with how our schedules are going yeah you know and it just that's what I don't know I just felt like that's what kind of hit for me on this one
2: right I mean there's a lyric that that say um, anything I've ever loved I found a way to lose anything I've ever lost I found an excuse so don't give up on me babe if it's the last thing that you do, don't cut the strings of the only thing I'm holding on to. So it's one of those things. He's like, I, I need somebody to guide me and I need somebody to pull me through right now. Like, yeah, I, I need to lean on you right now. And and that's why I enjoy this song because I think it's, it's, it's also, you know, when you reflect back at where, you know, American Aquarium was at, while they were making this record, they really needed that guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, they were kind of at this breaking point of, are we gonna pack up our stuff and all go home after this album, or is this gonna guide us kind of into our next, you know, phase of our band? And is it gonna be, you know, we're holding on to our last string, but can we revive something? We gotta just keep pushing through and 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 see what happens.
0: I mean, it definitely ties in those themes. You're not gonna <laughs> you're not to get me to budge on this, like <laughs> I know. You're not... lyrically, it's it's great. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Lyr- lyrically, it's phenomenal, but like. Much. The piano's good, but like overall, especially because I, I listen to a lot of this type of music, especially at that time, like it it's very when I say earlier as a compliment that it's very of its time, this is this song a, a criticism really... that it's very of its time because it was like at that time, like the dark, brooding, southern gothic songwriter was really big. With the truckers and all this stuff, and like you know, kind of the the alt country thing. To me, it sounds a little generic. Isn't okay. it? Doesn't stand out. Like it's just.
2: But I think you know, for me, you know, even if it's one of those songs, that doesn't necessarily stand out i do think that it is kind of this good i know it's not the last song on the album but it does kind of wrap up some of these feelings and possibly leaves the door open it is, for it, it, some it is, hope so it's i mean just to have this song placed you know in the middle of the album won't make sense wouldn't make sense but to have it at the end of like hey like i'm i'm holding on to this one last thing like i need to find something that's going to guide me through but if you think about it yeah like
1: at that point they're possibly going to figure out what they were doing and it's like hey i need to know like Mm -hmm. are we holding on can you guys can you guys hold on
2: can we make it through can we
1: make it and you know is it worth it and that's the thing is that what in the what two more albums there's a new band if, like essentially if, if
0: i'm correct and i could be wrong um i believe they did wolves and then after wolves it was like a turnover it was a whole new band like the musicians with the exception of bj Mm-hmm. it was it was all new artists but i and mean that could maybe wrong, that's him like i think it's
1: reaching like
2: reaching out hey and asking for help and yeah. that's i think one of those things that i would imagine you know when you are living this rough lifestyle whether it's you know some type of difficulty that you're having with money or drugs or alcohol or you know your relationships things like that you're still looking for something to guide you and to kind of pull you through and I'm out saying. of that out of feel that like, feeling out of that rut.
1: And I feel like at the same time like when you found this like album at that point in your life, I just don't think that song resonated so much with you.
0: No, but even going back and listening to it now, I still just So BJ has subsequently written about his now wife who has anchored him and and brought him kind of home and brought him yeah. down and You know, he cleaned up and she was a big part of that. Yeah. Again, he's very open about that. Maybe this one doesn't really hit as much to me because he didn't really have that anchor. So this feels like he's looking for it, but he doesn't have it. So he's he's writing about what he thinks it's going to be like where then you hear other songs where he writes about his wife and he writes about his daughter and he writes about how these are the people that ground him in his life. And there's so much more sincerity there that to me, this just kind of feels like a little bit of a generic love song to me. And again, like I'm. I think it's a lot not of, knocking. It's right. not knocking it. Like I think it, yeah. it, again with the pacing of the record, I wouldn't be horribly upset if it ended with Savannah almost killed me. But I understand. Like he picks it up, slows it down, then kind of ends with the next song that we're gonna talk about. But like overall, this doesn't stand out. This is not a standout track to me. I just, it, it's, it's very plotting. It's almost kind of funeral dirgy. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just, it moves. It's a little atmospheric. And I'm also not a big fan of atmospheric music. So maybe that's kind of like what's going on here is like it's kind of atmospheric and it's building this mood. And I'm not a big fan of that type of stuff. Like, anytime any artist, any of my favorite artists start to do the atmospheric moody stuff, Except I'm like... Ooh.
2: Nick, have you ever been driving in a car by yourself at night? Now, granted, you know, this is very niche. In Chicago, we only get like a month of this where you can have all the windows down and the roof open. Yeah, but this is not my song. This
0: is not my song. You know what?
2: It might not be your exact song, but I think that you have to think of. No, I understand that. Like, if you put yourself in that moment, that might be one of those times that this song actually might hit you because, you know, maybe when you're headed home from work after a really long day. And you are kind of feeling beaten down and you're like, okay, I got to stay positive. I got to keep going. And you're just, I don't know. I think there's something about being in the summer and it's at nighttime and you're just on a drive and you're on your way home after a really rough day. And I
0: think the imagery of the Northern Lights is such a cool thing. Right. And it's a rare thing. And you know what? Now that you're talking about it, like you've changed your opinion no you're not going to change my opinion (laughs) but you're just like getting me to look at it critically which is what this is about right right yeah yeah again this is we're not reviewing this record we're not critics by any means oh no we're talking about what hits with us what doesn't hit with us what we like what we don't like
2: right personally
0: and and that's what's so great about music is like you could love something and i could be like i don't understand it at all. Right. And that's what's so great about it. But like I mean I guess now that you're kinda of talking about like now the more I think about it and how I don't like Moody and atmospheric have shit to re-listen. <laughs> no
1: he does than it <laughs>
0: but like when you kind of listen to the piano and you listen to the music i think if you were to kind of s- northern lightsy it's aurora it. it's aurora it Bor- borealis it it's
2: I think with the subject it's matter, it's, with yeah. the subject matter, you have to
1: kind of get All that right, this airy is light It's gonna have flowing. to be one
0: I go back and look at. Uh
2: huh. <laughs> I don't think I'm still gonna love it.
0: But.
1: I don't think you're gonna love it. I think you might. You might
2: appreciate,
0: appreciate it more. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: I just think I don't know. Part of me because I know you a little bit more, is just like, I know that you get your head set on it, and it's just like, it's no, hard, I mean, it's sometimes hard to switch you over, to like say, hey. I think
2: we all have things that we're passionate about. I mean, literally, about, though, I right? have in my yeah. notes,
0: nothing stands out, my, and not favorite. My, com- <laughs> like, my like, comments
2: about only, this song stand out, Nicholas. Nothing,
0: <laughs> but that's that's my thing, is like, it's like, nothing stands out, okay, it's the song. Um, and then we move on to, saturday night again like um, I,
1: don't, I feel like this paints such a picture of like your typical saturday night legit. like a drunken yeah. right, saturday right. night but yeah. it's one of those like i remember those nights when i was like okay. 21 to yeah. 23 like yeah. it just it paints the picture so well that i'm like oh my gosh like i can pick out like a memory and be like yep that i remember that You know, I, I, I know that like,
0: so I really, really, really want to like this song, but I can't, there's something about it. So I love like,
1: like, what don't you like about it?
0: It sounds, so first off, BJ sounds tired on this song. His voice sounds exhausted. He, this is the, the worst vocally that I think he sounds on this record. They're going for this really cool, like Stonesy, sticky fingers, exile uh-huh. on Main Street. Yeah. Sound where it's really loose, yeah. But it sounds too loose. It's got some cool song but it even kind of has some references to the Stones, like but strike wonder... a match, sit back, watch the whole thing come tumbling down. You know, they kind of that that reminds me of like tumbling dice. And then you know, it's got the thing about uh the Jean Jacket hipsters. Yeah. the re- The band sounds so tight on the rest of the record, and this is loose almost to a fault.
2: Okay, so I agree with you the band is so tight on all of the other songs that I'm wondering, do you think that it's possible that this song is kind of playing a little bit looser because it's a Saturday night? Your Saturday night is kind of a little wacky and you never know where I, it's going to turn. So I appreciate Just kind of like the, the hinkiness of that Savannah song. So I appreciate... It's, it's kind of personifying or... Or what is a metaphor for?
0: But I don't know if they pull it off. That's the problem. Okay. Like so, when I hear this song, what I hear is what they're trying to do. Is I think of off of the Wilco A M record. They the there's a song called Casino Queen. Uh-huh. Then Wilco's A M record is very alt country, not the heady art rock thing that Wilco became. Uh-huh. And like the beginning of it kicks off with a really loose, stonesy riff. Uh-huh. And there's like beer bottles clinking in the background, and it sounds like a party in the studio. And that is, the rest of that record is fairly tight, and that song's very loose. It feels like at any moment it could fall apart. This song, to me, feels like it has already fallen apart before they began. So it feels like like where Wilco with Casino Queen and most of Sticky Fingers and Exile on Main Street Uh were kind of on the fringes of falling apart this was like if they would have recorded this track maybe like two or three drinks prior to when they recorded it it probably would have been a fucking banger but everybody just kind of sounds like and maybe maybe it's purposely that way we're at the end now they're exhausted it's, the end of it's the all album. we're done but it just kind of like to me it's just like there is so much potential in this song and it just doesn't hit okay that's, I mean, that's, that's my thing. I appreciate what they were going for, but it just kind of, it sounds too loose to me. It sounds too loose. It sounds like a band that's normally really tight trying to be loose. Where there's other bands that are like super loose. And it works
2: because and it that's works. their like, vibe.
0: I mean, if Mike and the Moon Pies drank a bottle of whiskey and then did something, it'd probably <laughs> sound really cool because those guys are kind of loosey-goosey to begin with. Yep. I don't think American Aquarium is a loosey-goosey band. Okay. If that makes sense.
2: No, I, I
1: see where you're coming from on that one. Listening to it really quick again. I mean, it's like, a fun trying to, song. Trying to get where you're coming from makes a little bit more sense. But there are the lyrics in there that it says that you're going to strike a match, sit back and watch the whole thing tumble down. So is this kind of like that end of the album kind of burn flickered eye and now all of a sudden we are done?
2: Right. Like we're at the end of our rope. Like we're tired. We're run down. It's yeah, not working anymore.
1: Yeah, so uh, is that where they're going? Kind I of. I don't with know. It? I mean, we might not ever know. Yeah, uh, BJ, BJ, and he's not BJ, here, if you so. could tell us, hey. BJ, if you want to hop on a podcast with us one day and tell us what uh what actually was going on yeah, in this. The tell song. me I'm
0: wrong, please. Please do because he will cut I you will down love with it. words.
1: Yeah. That, oh, well, we that's learned that at to so, yes. so, to
0: anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you try to challenge BJ on any type of social media, you will fucking lose.
1: He um believes in using words to, to murder you. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's
0: and it's very, very evident in his music because he fucks you up with his lyrics in a good way.
1: Right. What was good that, and bad? <laughs> what was that one
2: story that he told? So he was saying this?
1: about I think his daughter and how they need to he to use like their words and.
0: But it he, was, it, 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 was like, it was basically basically it, like, it
1: backfired on him is what I like I think I remember from it like I don't and then it, and then fully his, remember it but I believe it was use the words to get back at people. And I think it backfired on him a little bit because she went after him. And and
0: because his mom (laughs) taught him how to fuck people up with words. Yeah. So.
2: Right. And I think, too, he's realized, you know, those words can be super powerful. They can be even more powerful than that physical punch, But if you think
1: about it, you can really dig deep there. When anyone does something, what's going to hurt more? The punch or you're going to remember the words they said? You're going to remember the words. You know what That's I mean? True. I can say you know. Never had your
0: ass physically beat,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, have you, Nick? Once or twice. But because
0: because my words got me in trouble.
1: <laughs>
0: Sounds like
2: you could take a lesson from
1: BJ. I could, but it it but it's true because you remember. You know, they say I don't want to get into the politics of that, so I'm not even going to say nope. that one.
0: Yeah, we're Um, not getting into politics.
1: No, it's just like... We're keeping this fun. I know. But say something. Someone, when you were a child, said something to you. You're going to probably remember something they said to you compared to someone hitting you. Or you're going to be like, oh, yeah, they hit me in third grade compared to... Oh, Sally Sue said this to me, and it hurt me. You
0: don't have to preach the power of words to me. I am the guy that zooms in on a lyric when everybody else is like, it I just didn't, I didn't know that song had lyrics.
2: <laughs> or only know the chorus.
0: Yeah, or only know the chorus. Don't bore us. Get us with the chorus. So. <laughs>
1: What's that from? I was gonna say, well, did you just don't make that Boris up? Get no, get us with the chorus. No,
0: don't bore us. Get to the chorus or something like that. Who sings that? I think it's just like a that? saying. Oh, or did you make that up? things that people say, I didn't make that up. I'm not smart enough to make things.
1: That up. Nick says, <laughs> that "There's a lot of things that podcast. he says." I'm like, "What? <laughs> did you make that up? Did you hear that?" Did,
0: good what, thing we're
2: two gone? against one over here.
0: I know. I'm gonna have to get somebody to. Now we're fourth, good. Fourth microphone to help now. Now we here. fine.
1: We fine. We fine.
0: All <laughs> right. So overall, at the well, while
1: wow, we, you to have someone zoom in every once, in we, a
0: while. every once in a while, we'll zoom a male in. She
1: off. <laughs> Red twerk yeah. himself.
0: Ugh. Red Ugh. twerk, if you're listening, we need you.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Reach out. We got some big things for you, buddy. And you know what? Speaking of Red Twerk, I
2: one of the other wonderful things that I love about BJ is, you know, he really does a lot. Well, personally, I feel like for like the music community, right? He yeah, does absolutely. have his um, Road to Raleigh mm-hmm. little, what would you call it? A festival, a festival or festival, two-day yeah. show. Yeah. And he yeah. um, picks those artists that he truly believes in and yep. really wants to support them. And I think that that's awesome. And he he really seems to be one of those guys who likes to give back because he's been there before.
0: Plus his merch is fucking fire
2: yes it is
0: bj (laughs) has mastered the art of making you want to buy band merch like it's a clothing line oh you absolutely you hear that a new american aquarium article of clothing is dropping and you're like i fucking need that Uh uh-huh that's so fucking cool yeah and he does like limited edition shit the dude is he's got it figured out like as far as independent musicians go that guy has got it all figured out you know if what? you're an independent right. musician, go email B.J. Barham and say, "What is it that you do?"
2: You know what that
0: allows you to put a fucking in-ground pool in your backyard. You
2: know what's, cr- <laughs> you know what I think though. It's his his personality. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's his social media presence, and it's like.
2: And again, he remembers you when you yep. go to a show. Absolutely. He Absolutely. he finds a way to connect with you, even if you haven't had the chance to meet with him yeah. before. Again, through mm-hmm. his lyrics, you know, um, all throughout COVID, he would do, I believe it was on Sunday nights, he would do live streams on Instagram yeah. every week. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he would always say is like, hey, I want to do this, you know, this stream so that we can all stay connected and like appreciate music. But also I want to pay my band. Like they need help right now too.
0: Well, and that's so we're 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 singing the praises of B. J. Barham, but we also have to sing the praises of the the boys in American Aquarium that recorded this record. Yeah, the musicians that are on there are it's phenomenal. It's start to finish the musicianship on here is is so good and the guys that he has playing with him now are also phenomenal so
2: i mean at Miles zero fest again here we're gonna plug it again but they're like the house band when they do yeah like an after party yeah. show because they're that talented jamie lynn's
0: played with them i mean right. those guys are on stage more than almost anybody else
2: right exactly yeah
0: so yeah. in the end i mean burn flicker and die my personal opinion: It's a band falling apart, but it's a, a band also rising to the peak.
2: I feel like they're burning, and then they rise up from the ashes. Yeah, like it, it,
0: it's, it's kind like a of, rebirth. It's a phoenix of record, new, but
1: yeah, but they're, it's not the true phoenix record yet. Like it's on the way of them becoming the phoenix band. Yeah, like essentially, this is this on is the is way the of bottom. it happening. But I
0: think this is better than Wolves. Like Wolves is a good record, but this is better than wolves yeah and and wolves is really when they've kind of they've they've hit their stride live yeah at that point but like in the studio I, I I think this is this is the peak record I mean this is the record that kicks them into the red dirt scene they start really gaining a lot of ground in Texas which then gives them this ground with this whole new fan base who had never heard of them and now that shout true. out to the North Carolina Red dirt people. Oh, North Carolina (laughs) fucking shows up. We're coming for you in Chicago. Red dirt show out there. These people. And I think it's because of American Aquarium because they are hometown heroes. I think that's where our North Carolina people come from. I don't think if BJ and boy and the boys don't hit the way that they do, you do not have North Carolina representing the way that they do. I mean, it I, I think you get these and Jason Edy said it when we talked to him. He said, You couldn't touch a fucking show in North Carolina before. That's true. And now I go to North Carolina and I sell out the fucking house.
2: And I do a couple nights there. Yeah. Cause I know that those fans are loyal and they're they're there and they're passionate and
0: So yeah. BJ kicks down the doors in Texas starts touring with Turnpike, and now opens up a whole new market to this scene of music.
2: You know what, though? I mean, American Aquarium, they put in the work. Oh, my goodness. They play everywhere. Oh, 100%. Everywhere. Everywhere. They're touring all the time and, you know, hitting anywhere on the West Coast, East Coast, North, South. They've been there because they have drawn in fans all across, and
0: I think it's because US. of this record. I think this record is the record for them, in my opinion. The production is really straightforward. I don't think Isbell's a producer. It's right down the middle. It's not fancy. He doesn't try to get goofy with it. It's he's like I'm gonna make this fucking sad bastard rock and roll record. I'm going to make the same music that I know I've been making with DBT and that I'm making with my solo stuff. BJ's lyrics are very straightforward. This is very a very straightforward record, a very blue-collar record. It's a southern rock record is basically what it is. It's a really smart southern rock record. BJ's gotten more complex in his songwriting. Musically, he's incorporated other types of sounds. But at the end of the day, this is really the one, to me, this is the one... That grabbed me for American Aquarium. I went back and listened to the other records. They're really good. This is the one that I go back to time and time again. It is the one that kicked down a lot of doors for me. I was a big drive-by truckers fan. I was a big Lucero fan. But this kind of opened a whole new thing for me. And then again, seeing them live, if you haven't seen American Aquarium Live, oh my God, go it's a must. See them live. Go see them live first, full band. And then go see BJ do his acoustic thing and make sure you bring a tissue because you will probably fucking cry. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. So I think we're...
2: I don't think we could say enough good things about yeah. American Aquarium if you can't tell. They're one, of our, they're, they're one of our
0: all-time favorite bands. They're a band that we're probably going to reference a lot to a lot. Moving forward with the podcast, but I think that we've talked enough about this record. Go listen to it yourself. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Tell us we're wrong. Challenge us on it. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast one day. Again, this is Closing Time and Opening Bands. And right now,
2: it is Closing Time.
0: (laughs) I'm Nick, Sam, and Danny. We're going to be signing off. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Spotify. I don't know what we're going to be doing next, but hopefully it's better than this one.
2: I don't know how we're going to top this one. All right, guys. See you later.